Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We are back on the Flow Track Podcast. This is episode 540. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon. The email address flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page. You can watch the show live on our YouTube channel, 12:30 Central, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. On today's pod, Gordon, Olympic Trials Marathon. We got a host for that one. Going to talk about some big name NCAA distance signings, and you will predict. Which teams will make the NCAA Cross Country Championship? Yep, I'm going to go 62 for 62. You feel confident about that? thousand percent. The odds of me getting any of these wrong is like plus minus zero. What's your normal hit rate on these? Uh, oh, in the so to be honest, the normal hit rate is... Yeah, I want you to be honest, yes. What is it normally? So, you you know, it, it's easy to predict. Let's sit... Uh, so there's 31 teams. It's easy to predict, like, at least 25 of them. It's the final six that are hard to predict. Okay, so and you I'll get say, usually 56 out so of 62? I feel like it's unfair to give myself credit for predicting that NAU is going to make the team make, make the meet. Upsets happen. But, like, I feel like that's not fair. So it's really about how good you do on the, the non-obvious ones. And I think I get typically half of them right. Okay, so you don't get 56 out of 62? Or so is I that... Get, does 56 out of 62 represent half of the non-obvious ones? I go three for six. You should give yourself credit for the obvious ones. Just as in, I mean, like, predict like, NCAA predictions. March Madness, you're like, no oh, saying, one seed oh, over 16. Yeah. I got, I'm doing great. I'm four for four right now. Everybody yeah. takes credit for those because yeah. you you take the easy ones and then the hard ones, you know, they're, they're toss-ups and they go against you. But, okay, so Gordon is going to get at least 56 of these teams correct. Correct. We can say that. All right. Of the uh, 62. Before we start, you had a good tweet that I saw on the way in. It's always good when I begin my day reading one of your tweets because I know <laughs> what sort of mood you're going to be in or what sort of <laughs> jokes you're going to be in line for or what you're going to be wearing. So this was Gordon, I guess this after, well, late morning. Sweatpants and t-shirt weather is so much better than sweatshirt and shorts weather. Uh, you are, of course, wearing, people can't see, if you're watching on YouTube, can't see the, the sh- you're not wearing shorts, you're wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt. Do you want to explain the tweet? I mean, I think the tweet is self-explanatory. When you wear 
get to wear sweatpants with a t-shirt, mm-hmm. it's a certain type of temperature needs to be outside for that type of outfit. Okay. That temperature is so much more enjoyable than the temperature of when you got to wear a sweatshirt with shorts. See, which I one's are, colder? I'm confused so, which is colder. Uh, the colder one is shorts with a sweatshirt. That is colder. Because your legs can handle more chill than your arms. I think it's all about expectations. And to me, when you're dressed like you are now, t-shirt and sweatpants, you're expecting a little bit better weather. So I agree with you that it's better. It's a better signal that there's bad weather out there versus a sweatshirt and shorts. It's like you were in shorts and a t-shirt and then you took one step outside and was like, ah, but you don't want to fully commit. You don't want to go back, take your shoes off and put on sweat. I'll, I'll just grab the hoodie and put it on and go outside. So I think to me, it's more about what you expected the weather to be and what it actually is. It puts you it, like the, the t-shirt and sweatpants better mindset too. Yeah. So also yeah, t-shirt sweatpants, that's basically what you would wear in a house at room temperature. Mm-hmm. So it's basically when the outside feels like room temperature. All right. Fair enough. So you feel nothing but everything at the same time. It's a great, <laughs> great weather situation. Colt, the two times we met you in person, I think you were wearing sweatshirts both times. Is that correct? That sounded yeah, right. he's a sweatshirt. Yeah, guy. he's a sweatshirt true. guy. Okay. Do you want to stand up for a team yeah. sweatshirt here? I, th- I think that's kind of the way to go. I wear a sweatshirt when it's like 60 degrees and down. Um, that's kind of just my normal wow. outfit. But... Zach, just because of fashion considerations or be- do you get cold easily? No, nah, I'm styling. <laughs> I love it. Nah, I'm styling. All right. Let's start with some news. Orlando was picked to host the 2025 marathon trials. Orlando. We're waiting for a while for that one. It comes out in November. The race is going to be early February 2024. So we have a little over a year to go until this race takes place. They mentioned Chattanooga was one of the other cities that bid for this race. But what do you think about Orlando getting the pick? And, and the timing of the decision. So I just Googled, is February a good month to visit Orlando? Mm. What do they say? They say winter is a great time to travel to Orlando <laughs> because there's less rainfall than the summer and the weather is mild without being overly hot. You know what it kind of sounds like? It sounds Warm-ish like... Warmish marathon weather? It sounds like sweatpants with a t-shirt weather. Exactly. So you'll be right at home. So I'll be right at home. Uh, the average temperature... In January, February, it's in Celsius. I don't. Uh, what is in Celsius? Twenty-three degrees Celsius with a low of ten degrees Celsius. Twenty-three Celsius is seventy-three degrees. So it's a little warm for, for marathoning. It could it could get tough. It could but get tough. You think about the last couple of places where we've had the trials: Atlanta in twenty twenty, LA twenty sixteen, Houston twenty twelve. Warm weather places, you yeah. can't put it in half the country or seventy five percent of the country just because it's gonna be it's gonna be too cold. So that eliminates a lot of places for it. So you just fingers crossed that you're gonna get weather that cooperates. I'm more curious, I wanna see what the course is like. Yes. Cause twenty six point two miles in Orlando or Houston, it's twenty six point two miles, but there's a lot of different options as to where it can be. I do not think it's going to be in Disney World, but although that would make you very excited. That would make me extremely excited because if we had the Olympic trials mm-hmm. going through Epcot, 
going through Magic <laughs> Mountain, you know, Magic Kingdom, all the good, you know, there's a new Tron ride coming in 2024. Yeah, yeah. It'll be great. I mean, imagine getting to sit there, getting off the Frozen ride, and then you see, you know, Alfin Tulamuk make a move. Make a big pass. Like, yeah, exactly. At the, tw- at the 20K mark. <laughs> like, that's like the best experience ever. Do you, do you have any, wait, have you been? To Orlando? To Disney World. I have when I was a kid. Okay. And haven't I been back since. I want to go back. And I've been planning to go back to Disney World since 2016. Hasn't happened. And it hasn't happened yet. And you've never been to Disneyland either. Yeah. Correct? So yeah. only one visit in your entire life, and it was when you were really young. I am going to find a way to like parlay mm-hmm. my job of covering the Olympic trials to, yeah. you know, going down a log flume. Yeah. <laughs> That's 100% what I'm going to be doing. One has a lot to we do with the We should do a other. podcast from each park. Okay. And we talk about like – That's fine. I'm in. Know, the races. What do, you, what do you think about – do you think – obviously this announcement was delayed. Yeah. And there was basically radio silence from USATF on this. Do you think that's ultimately going to have any impact no. on the race itself, or is this enough time? Yeah, this is more than enough time. I mean, people aren't thinking about this race. They're thinking about the spring marathon, and if they're skipping that one, they're thinking about 2023 fall. So, but 2023 fall runs right true, the but they knew back end of this. There's, there's nothing weird about the date. The date, people, date is correct. The date yeah. is around when it, people thought it was going to be. So they just have to, they weren't planning on booking their. You're right. Their airline this early out. Anyway. It would have been worse if they said, surprise, it's December 1st, 2023. Yes, that like would have been more of Like it was that a, year in, in New yeah. York ahead of 2008. Or yeah. it's going to be super duper late that year. Yeah. It's at a time that we're accustomed to. It's in a place that many people were thinking about. It's probably going to be four, five, six mile loop that they do several times. I'm guessing it's going to be somewhat flat. There's Does... not a ton of hills in Orlando. I'm sure they can find some hills if they want them. Atlanta... It was chilly, it was windy, and that course was set up to be hilly. I think that ultimately had an impact. So I think the bigger moment in prep for the trials is going to be the day they announce what the course looks like. Yeah. As opposed to where the course, where the race is. Is there a marathon in Orlando that's not the Disney World Marathon? Well, the race directors are that are running this race, that, that headed up this bid, are from the Disney yeah. race. Because I don't think they have a typical city marathon that goes through like their downtown like I think it's all normally – I guess they do have a half marathon looking at this. Mm-hmm. So they do a half marathon. So it might be similar to that type of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see some photos of a marathon on the actual streets, not in a Disney yeah. park. But listen, I think there's a template for how these races go. We've seen it. They want to make it multiple loops. They want to make yeah. it spectator friendly. They want to yeah. make it TV friendly. So even if you had an existing course there, I don't think you're going to use it. And it is you, – you joked about the Disney thing, but it is like a bummer that couldn't happen because of, of sponsorship stuff because that would be like a fun little That would thing. be cool. Yeah. <laughs> just like, all right, this year, screw it. We're going to just like weave in and out. Because the field is small enough, you could take it yeah. off of a traditional road and, and put it in some unconventional spots. But they are – they're not going to do it. But I'm, I'm interested just because we were talking about New York and how it leads into some, some predictions that we've had for the trials. Would there be any signs of – like will there be a Mickey Mouse that like fires the gun? I don't – no, I don't think it so. It just can't be connected to sponsor. Sponsor stuff is tough. It's, I guess ABC is Disney mm-hmm. and NBC is Universal. Universal. But Universal Park. All right. So we could have Jimmy Fallon there. <laughs> Let's get Jimmy Fallon on That's the That's who you jumped course. to the first time was Jimmy yeah, Fallon? NBC. He's the host of Listen, the Tonight Show. There were – 
There's, would you agree there's a lot of celebrities in L.A.? Yeah. I was at that race. I don't remember seeing any of them at L.A. Live for the start. Yeah, so but I think like, we need to damp down it's our expectations. About, it's about, you know, Universal, Comcast, the whole. Gotcha. They're building a new. Did you know they're building a new Universal Park? In Orlando? It's called Epic Universe. Okay. Will that be open in time? It opens in 2025. Oh, so you'll have to just do a postmortem on the race where you go back. Do, yeah. Do more research. They're gonna, there's going to be a Nintendo Land there. Oh, that's cool. There's going to be a Mario Kart ride and stuff like that. Oh, Donkey wow. Kong. And maybe even get to see a marathon or two. Okay. All right. Love it. Love it. All right. Next topic. Let's move on. Let's talk about – It's kind of funny we say that. There's really nothing you can add. I mean it's the city. Like there's really nothing unique. It's well, just... you, you think of weather. You think of course. You yeah. think of date. Date, normal, weather. We don't know now. Could be too hot. Could be too cold. Probably going to be somewhere in the middle. And course is and completely course, we don't know. Yeah. So there, those are the three things yeah. that you want to talk about. But we still stretched it out. So yeah. That's good. <laughs> You got to talk about Jimmy Fallon potentially being involved in I mean, he has a ride race. at Universal called Race Through New York with Jimmy Fallon. I didn't know that. You know a lot about this for only having been one time in your life. Do you know there's a lot of – yeah. Well, are, you, are you on like Reddit that's, pages? That's true. <laughs> Am I? Am I on Reddit pages? <laughs> Come on, dude. No, no. For Disneyland. Not Disneyland. Okay. I'm a Disney World and Universal oh, Studio guy. Come on. Okay. You're on Even Reddit pages. Even though I pages. haven't gone, but – That's sort that's of strange. I want, When I was – Fun fact about – so I was an engineer in college. Just a fun fact or just a fact? I was an engineer in college. My dream job was to be an Imagineer and design roller coasters for Disney. So that's why. That dream ended at age 22 when I didn't get an interview. And so now I'm here. Wait, you didn't get an interview at Disney? Yeah. Well, I was applying to be an Imagineer at like – Is that a normal time for someone to apply to be an Imagineer? Probably not. I was probably underqualified, but I was like shooting wow. my shot. Okay. And so then I just moved to New York and did marketing and now I'm here. So. Interesting. Yeah. I am not a Disney adult that Cold is trying to call me out on with this graphic, which is a millennial adult who, without kids who can't stop talking about Disney. I know those people. I am not one of those. I tell you, I am not one of those. I am more fascinated about the design Disney. of immersive rides because I think it's pretty impressive. To I, know a lot of, I know a lot of these people even before I had kids because when I lived in Southern California, there are people who would buy – annual passes yeah. and they'd live nearby and they would go yeah. on a Wednesday and yeah. they would go on a couple rides and go out to see. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't seem that strange. I don't think it's, I don't think it's weird. I mean, the weird part is you haven't been. Yeah. And uh, going a lot to a theme park I don't park like collect, but the, but the Disney adults, they collect memorabilia, memorabilia. They have the pins, they have yeah. shirts, they have all the stuff. You're more doing like, because you didn't get an like interview. Refreshing Disney plus when the new episodes come on. Like I'm not. Oh, everything. They're like really into it. I'm wow. not like that. Yeah. I just like roller coasters. But you're also trying to right a wrong from when you were 22 and you didn't get an interview too. That too. That's part of yeah. it. Man, I wonder what went wrong with your application. I think I was a 22-year-old with zero experience. And who's like, I want to design I wanna, roller let me Let me design your roller coaster. Like, sorry, sir. That like, would have been a very unsafe <laughs> roller coaster. Yeah, you don't want that. All right. Now let's move on. Let's talk about some big college signings. First one, NAU gets Aaron Salmon, brother of Colin Salmon, Newberry Park grad. Posted on his Instagram, just a great video with an axe. I'm just yes. gonna say it. He wielded an axe a lot, chopped some wood. Uh, it says it was edited by Lex Young. What do you think about about this decision? You know, we get caught up in looking at where the Youngs go and, and where Colin Solomon went. Aaron Solomon's really good runner. Yes. And you never know how these athletes are gonna develop when they get into college. So, what do you think about the move? Yeah, he's really good. I mean, he's running 401 in the mile. 
848 for 3200. This is all last year. It has some speed. It's on 148. It's kind of it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun though to see when they're to, when both Aaron and Colin are both at NAU yeah, and when yeah. the Youngs are at Stanford and they race each other like their sophomore or junior years when they're both like in their prime in college. But you know, I guess it makes sense. Like brothers, I think Colin was probably a good pitch for Aaron. He's like, hey man, I'm I'm enjoying it here. Yeah, I feel like it's going to do well for you. Look at Nico and Abdi Hamid's progression; mm-hmm. they're doing well. So. Come here, and I think it's good for NAU. They needed to keep the pipeline coming of yeah. stars after stars after stars because before you know it, Nico's going to go. He's going to turn pro. He's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Abdi yeah. Hamid left. You know, yeah. Brody Hasty's like a fifth year. Like they're they're going to start resetting, led by now the Solomon duo of Colin Solomon and Aaron Solomon next year. Yeah, and then you have the two the two groups of brothers. They had the same high school coach too. You want to see how they match up going into college too. Yeah. Like that's just that's just sort of interesting too to see how each program responds to the level of training they did because we know they trained at a very high level. They're part of the greatest high school cross country team in history. And also just that level of talent. Like yeah. that level of talent is unprecedented on one team. So how does that play out when it goes um, goes up to the NCAA level? Um, Oregon, I want to mention Oregon though too. Oregon got a big recruit to on the men's side Simeon Birnbaum who's a sub four miler out of South Dakota he committed to the Ducks and he's going to join Connor Burns who also sub four high school runner from uh, Missouri so first of all it's good great Oregon you know they're they're not losing uh, I mean Schumacher coming in is a good get for Schumacher's first year as trying to come recruit these top guys to come to Oregon because there was a time when they people weren't going to Oregon they were going you know they're going over to the east coast with Milt and Virginia and the NAU Stanford all those places so Oregon to get two really good milers yeah the first year is good for Schumacher to kind of replenish that system but this is I mean this is me I'm calling myself out right now I'm going to call myself out do it all right so you say I've only been following the sport for 10 years no a decade decade a decade yeah a decade. my exact quote and like, I used to like really keep up with like all the new sub four, yeah, milers in high school. Yeah, I don't remember when he broke four. Uh, underclassman, when did he break four? It was late, wasn't it? I guess so, but it's just showing that like that now when a high schooler breaks four, it's like June Brooks PR invite. Yeah, it's becoming kind of like a footnote. Because it used to be a build up to like, oh my goodness, yeah, Lucas yeah, first speakers yeah. just broke four. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, Grant Fisher just pulled it off. Drew Hunter. But now I'm just kinda like sub four is the new, you know, four oh five. Yeah. And this is me really recognizing that everyone is breaking four now. Like Yeah. We are way past the time of breaking four is a generational talent. Breaking four now is the best for that year. That's what you maybe maybe the best for that year yeah i two years ago or a year and a half ago i said coming into this year we're gonna see like multiple that's sub- true and i undershot the number i think i said something like three and it ended up because burns got it burn i'm not even gonna remember all the names salman obviously yeah. got it as well too the names just kept coming and coming he did it at the age of 16. that which, is according to the mouse is... article makes him the first 16 year old in the u.s to break four that's impressive 
So okay, maybe, and see, five total did it in 2022 outdoor season. Five in one season. That's nuts. Including yeah. a 16-year-old. Yeah. Imagine Is how... Is he next Jakob? Imagine... <laughs> imagine that's like when Webb... Now Webb ran the... Ran through 53 and broke the high school record. It's a little bit different, but yeah. the first barrier he had to hit was just sub four. All the attention around him for that. Imagine you can, four other guys doing that in the same year. You can be anonymous and break four. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, I bring it up not just because it's sub four. I bring it up because he's top recruit. Yeah. In addition to Burns, that means Oregon's getting two guys. We know what Stanford did. We're seeing what NAU is doing. I just – yes, are, go ahead. These two Oregon guys, are they the next – Tier Hawker, mm. are they going to be at that level? Do you think? Well, maybe. I mean, it's a hard level to get to because Tier Hawker were like incredible. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. And Tier Hawker, obviously, like they came in vaunted as well as these guys, but probably they probably had a little bit more on them just because there wasn't this deluge of like here's a million people like breaking four. A little bit different era, but I, I just interested in yeah. Do they is was that the poll or was it? Training with Jerry and Shalane and Bowerman being there, and the same thing with NAU. NAU kind of know, okay, it's it's Mike Smith, but it's also it also probably helps that Abdi Hamid's running well. Luis, you can he can point to all. Luis gets fourth at the world world championships. championships, yeah. And then you go to you know on the Stanford side of things, they've always recruited well, so it makes sense. Let they would continue to get recruits with Lex and Leo. I just interesting to see these trends and and where it where it develops. It's really, Luis Garhava beat Grant Fisher at the World Championships. Yeah, that's. Freaking wild. What's even wilder is then he came to the Wild Duck and gave you a high five. And, yeah. just, and then sat down for about five minutes. That's not that wild. We're friends. Well, no, but I think he realized after about five minutes, he's like, I just got fourth in the world. Why am I going to waste my time with these idiots? And then he got up and left. Just kidding. He was very nice. No, he's nice. Yeah. Good guy. Um, anything else you want to add on that? Uh, no. I mean, or the, the, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, the top programs are getting the top people. Yeah. That's not changing. But it's not a given, right? And, and you look at Burnbaum from South Dakota, Burns from Missouri. It's not a guarantee that those guys are going to go to Oregon. Now, Oregon can recruit nationally because it has that yeah. name brand status. You understand why Solomon would go because he has the family tie-in now. But it just it just shows you, I think, Schumacher being able to just get out there and get kind of anybody he wants at this point of recruiting, using the facilities, using the aura of Oregon, using the connection to, to Bowerman um, to help recruit. Derek asks, considering five high school athletes went under four this year, how many will go under four next year, do you think? And who? And who? Okay. All right. Let's 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 do that. Let's look at it right now. I'm gonna look at uh the top um rankings, outdoor lists. We'll do sixteen hundred, right? Sure. Class of twenty or leader. Twenty twenty two, right? That's when it happened. Mile. Yes. Enable conversion. Okay, so so are we saying like the the people who did it last year who are still in school, does that count? Or like are we talking about new people? Let's just say new people. New people. Yeah. Okay. So I'll say one. Who? I'd say two. I'm counting my head okay. right now. Well you're counting out loud, but three. Yeah, but I want people to know what's going on in my head. Four. Okay. Good. Keep going. This is good. Uh I'll go I'll go I put the over under at three and a half. Three and a half? Okay. Do you want to say the names or the times associated with them? Or? No, I'm not, I mean, my analysis is really bad. I'm just looking at people who are still eligible who ran four flat. Four, my okay. analysis. So, it's like, so, hey, there's they're three, so there's three other, there's three people between what, four flat and. Yeah, one. so Devin Kipiego ran four flat. 
Uh, Rocky Hansen ran a 1600 converted to four flat. Leo Young ran four flat, mm. 1600 converted. Um, Aaron Solomon ran 401. That's four then. Lex Young ran 401. That's five. Christopher we... Caldillo yeah, ran yeah. 405. It's a little more of a a little more of a jump needed. Yeah, so that's why... I, so you can see five again next year, no Yeah, problem. but I'm going to go more conservative. At next. that point, if we get another five this year, we just call it... Then we need to stop updating the list. <laughs> we just call it. The list needs to be retired. Because the little high school sub-four mile list needs to just be like... Because it's not a college sub-four list. Well, there you, probably was probably, in like the yeah. 19-whenevers. You try to keep it going. Of Was it U.S. sub-fours? I remember that was a big deal. The 500th U.S. Yeah. sub-four. Are we going to be like... That's your fault. That was your idea. <laughs> I just want to put you on blast for that. It was my idea. I think it was Emmanuel Moore, wasn't it? Yeah. You made such a, a big moment. deal out of that. Like, People, this, hey, man, our job deal. is to draw eyes to our sport. Yeah, I know, but... You know but how we do you that? Keep doing it. You know are how you gonna, we draw eyes to our sport? Talk we about talk the, about the sport and the we talk about... The 500th best... Are you going to talk about that? No, we, we analyze the sport. We talk about different runners and how good they're going to be. What That's about, how we draw eyes to the sport. But are you going to keep... You got to keep track then so you can get to 500. You just said you're not going to do it with high school anymore. You right, need to keep I'll, going. I'm going to start keeping track of the. Maybe, how much, how much where longer do, you do I need stop? to work here? That's what I'm saying. To if get you, to the 500 high school. If kid. you want to, if you want to draw eyeballs to the sport, which is what you say you're doing, right, you got to keep blog. going. What about 100? I will not stop until there's a 500 high schooler. What should I continue doing for the rest of my life until we get a 500 well, high schooler? We know Disney Adult. Break. We already <laughs> saw it. Cole Tardy put you on. Blog. No, no, no. How like, about 100? How about 100? 100 high school boys okay. except for then you stop. All right, but like what? Can I? What do I need to do every day until we have a hundredth high schooler? Because did you know that in, Phil, in Philadelphia there was a guy oh rotisserie who ate chicken a rotisserie chicken every day for forty days? Yeah, I don't know why, but that's why. You, you know why? He said why? What? What? Because it had to be done. Because it had to be done. That was his right? quote. It had to be done. And this guy ate forty rotisserie chickens because it had to be done. <laughs> we need to have a hundred. Look at this guy. Forty chickens in forty days. How a Philadelphia man cheered. On cheered his city. I mean, it makes he was doing it during the big, you know, Phillies run. Is that and, how it started? No, I mean, right. it started because he was hungry. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to do what this guy does. Maybe not rotisserie chickens, but until we have our hundredth high school sub four miler, <laughs> ah. I need to do something. Yeah. What's it going to be? Like ten push-ups every day? It's going to be a while. We're not even to twenty yet, are we? Yeah, but at this rate, if we're getting five, like. Yeah, but you got to be ready to do do this thing for. Let's at say least we have 10 years. three per year. Oh well, then you're, you're very old, then, man. No, well, how many are we at? We're at twenty now. Something like that, less than twenty. So we have like 18 maybe? eighty to go. Say we have four per year. Yeah. Eighty. So twenty years. Yeah, I mean, he did this for he did this only for forty days. What can I do for twenty? Years. So I'm thirty four now. So I do till I'm fifty four. Yeah, maybe it is eat a rotisserie chicken. Maybe so, that's the answer. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah, I, uh, did, I, did, I did make a a uh, friend commitment with someone back in like 2012 that we would eat one Big Mac a year. Have you kept up with it? No. We stopped after two. That's pathetic. <laughs> well, because we, when you have a Big Mac... Once a year? Yeah, but then the second time we realized we don't want to do this anymore. It's it's not worth That's it. That's not a Big Mac a day. You, I don't think you... Are you still in touch with a friend? Yeah. We gave up on it. It was like a thing. We would go out. It was like we'd go on like this little fun friend date. and like You can't eat one Big Mac a year? No, this dude. is like you, the easiest challenge ever. Yeah, no, you're, man. you're being an elitist. Man. One I'm Big not Mac being an elitist. a year. Yeah, that's weird. It's just there's so many Why other options. There's so many other burger options than a Big Mac. That's right, but 
the agreement was the Big Mac. It was. And is we, nothing sacred anymore with you and your friend? Nothing is sacred. Okay. I, should, I should call her up and see what, she, what her thoughts are. I, I just think you you bail after two years you didn't really want to do in the first place, which makes me question why you agreed to do it. Well, we did it in the first place because we hadn't had a Big Mac in so long. Yeah. And we're like, dude, let's try a Big Mac. And we tried it and was like, what if we do this once a year? Be waiting for us to like connect. And you're like, yeah, all right, let's do it. And then in the year two happened. We're like, yeah, we're doing it again. Mm. And then we ate the Big Mac. And we're like, this isn't worth it. It's just a Big Mac. And then we stopped. <laughs> but you still talk to this person? Yeah, we're friends. We text. Okay. She lives in California. But no no food. You didn't like pivot to, all right, we'll do five guys. No. We'll do Wendy's. No, the, the, no it's, you don't want to do a good food. Like a fun burger. It has to be a burger that you don't plan on ever eating, which is a Big Mac. Okay. No one, bucks. I'm so confused. No one well, goes, then why did you do no – why did you stop? Then do it and stick with it. I don't know. Okay. All right. Do you do your cross-country thing. Let's do it. Let's hear the do predictions. My, do do the cross-country thing. People want to hear the predictions. All right. So uh, first of all, Friday, 1230, tune in podcast. We'll be reacting to all of the NCAA regionals and <clears> giving you an update on who will be going to the meet. Uh, if you guys have been following the podcast, you've been following Flowcheck, it's been called the Coloss Calculator. Put mm-hmm. it in, find out who the teams are going to make it. The 31 teams, uh, 18 autos, 13 at large. Um, if this is your first time ever listening to the podcast, welcome to episode 540. The way you qualify for nationals is there are nine <laughs> regions, top two teams in every region automatically qualify, and then they look at all the third place finishers and the fourth place finishers, which is a total of 18 teams. And then they look at those group of 18 and they say, who has the most wins over the people who have already qualified? And then it says, all right, this team does. So then that person is now in. Then they add the next team from that region. So now you have another group of 18 teams who has the most wins over the people qualified. And you keep going until you get 13 at watch. So with that being said, uh, win is basically beating the team with an A team during the regular season. Uh, so basically, if you beat them at Nuttycomb or at conferences or wherever, um, that's how you get a win. So what I want to do is first is look at who we have projected to be auto-qualified. Top two. We'll start with the women. I have a graphic here of our current uh, top 25 rankings. Right now, the top six teams are all going to auto-qualify. If you keep on scrolling through, Colt, you can see um, basically – Colorado, Utah, BYU, Washington, keep going. Then um, 18 through 23 um, aren't going to auto-qualify. So basically you get an idea that basically most of the top 25 teams are auto-qualifying. Not much news. And then I have three teams that aren't ranked, which is Princeton in the Mid-Atlantic, Northwestern in the Midwest, and Arkansas in the the South-Central as qualifying automatically, and they're not even ranked in my top 25. Mm-hmm. So it's just a good idea. So, but we're not here to talk about that. Guess what? Uh, what are we here to talk about, Gordon? NC State's going to auto-qualify. We're here to talk about who's going to get in at large. So mm-hmm. this is my official prediction of the 13 teams that will get in at large. I have a column for the order that they will be selected. I have their current flow ranking, and then the team and how many wins they'll get in. So. Colorado will be the first team in. They'll get in on 14 wins. Mm-hmm. Utah will get in with 11. BYU will get in with 18 wins. Look at this. I have Mountain, Mountain, the Mountain, mountain getting mountain. three. So that's five teams already in through the first, you know. And then Utah Valley, right? And Utah Valley. So six. So 
the mountain region is freaking deep, which is wild. And there's some other mountain teams in there as well. Utah Valley, which is I have ranked 18, they'll get in. Then I have Michigan State getting in, Wisconsin, Washington, Colorado State, which would be Seven Mountain. Seven Mountain. Mm-hmm. Right? Wait, yep. Two. Yeah, Seven Mountain. Then I have Cal Baptist getting in, in the first year as a Division One program. Ohio State and Toledo, two teams I don't have ranked, mm. getting in. Utah State, another mountain team, getting in. And then Indiana, a team I have not ranked, getting in. So 24 of my 25 ranked teams I have getting in. Yeah. Do you want to know the team I have not getting in? That yeah, who's on the bubble? Is, is ranked? Yeah, who's on the bubble? So let me bring up my – so right now Harvard, who have ranked as the 23rd best team in the nation, I have not making the meet. Are they the first one out though? They are not the first who's one Who's the out. first one out? I, I do, I do want to know the first. One. I, I want to know the first one out too, but I, I, I didn't come. I didn't have my uh, my numbers prepared. Okay, first one out is Air Force. Okay, another mountain team. Another mountain team. <laughs> Goodness gracious! First one out is Air Force. Uh, a ranked team I currently have out is Harvard. Now this is all you know. I'm trying to predict the order of regionals. It's hard. Which is hard it's to do. Not easy. So, any other thoughts on that? Not really much. No. What about? What about the men? Men. So men, we have, uh, again, showing all the at-large, the auto teams, right? Obviously, Stanford, Oklahoma State, BYU, NAU, Wisconsin. They're all getting an auto. Um, right now, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams that are in my top 25 who I don't have getting an auto. And the teams I have getting an auto that aren't ranked is Texas and Arkansas, South Central. South Central has no ranked teams, and I think they're only going to get their two guys in with not ranked, which would be Texas and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So now it's time to announce the teams I think will get in at large. Now this is an interesting one. This is more fun. The men's race is more fun because there's a lot of things called a push, which I'll explain as we get to it. So first team in is going to be Air Force, then Colorado. Makes sense. They're both ranked in the top 12. NC State, next team in. Then Portland, and then we have a push. Basically, for those who want to know, push is when you don't have enough points to get in, but the team you beat at regionals Does. right ahead of has a lot of points, and they can push you in. The thing is, that team needs to be right behind you. If that team is like two teams behind you, they don't get to push you in. They yeah. gotta be like right behind you. Right, right. They literally gotta be able to push. And you, you can only push one per region. Per region. Yep. Yes. So you can't do double pushing. Nope. No nope. single pushing. And you can't push two at the same time. Yeah. yeah. It's doesn't work. Simple physics. Physics and mathematics. So Colorado State have gotten pushed in by Montana State. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I have Michigan State, which I have ranked 13th in the nation. Just <clears throat> I don't know how that ranking happened, but I you have them getting pushed in by I have them getting pushed in by Butler. By Butler, okay. And then I have Virginia getting pushed in by Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte. Love it. Who had Charlotte making the meet, let alone being the team that's pushing two wins? A Virginia projected. Power Five school led by Vin Lanana, and Charlotte is the one that is going to be taking them to the, the big dance. Um, then I have Cal Baptist. Look at this. Cal Baptist, first year at the D, in the D1 level, eligible. Both the men and women are projected to make the meet, which is pretty cool. UCLA, mm-hmm. new head coach, uh, Sean Bronson, getting his team in. Via a push by Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. 
So look at that, four pushes. Here's the thing. If the only way you get in is by a push, you yeah. should be on edge because that means it's very important that you yeah. have the best day possible at regionals because you need help to get in. So you beat a good team, you're in. UCLA can beat Gonzaga, they'll get in. Charlotte can lose to Virginia, Virginia will get in. So looking at this, odd team out. Team I have ranked. Can oh. you guess a team? I have a team that I have ranked in the top 25, not making it on the men's side. Oh, I don't know. Who is it? Can you guess? I can't. Who is it? You know the team. You've of, heard of them. I, of course I have. They have a new coach. I'm not sure if it, I think it's the second year of the new coach. or Ole Miss? Year. No. Second year, I think. Coach. had a, They had a famous coach who retired or left the program. I'm not sure if he retired or left. Is it – I was – Yes, Dude. Iowa State. Iowa State. So I have the Iowa State. Uh, oh, you have them ranked 25th. I have them ranked 25th, not making the meet. Mm. Iowa State, the, the team that had – They were always know, like perennial, like top six, seven yeah, every year. Now yeah. I have them not making the meet. Now I think – You could be wrong. I could be wrong, but here's the issue. They, they are in a hard region with Oklahoma State and Tulsa. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what more they can do. Like they're going to need to upset – Tulsa, Oklahoma State to get in. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a lot of points. They're in like a really kind of shaky ground. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be hard for them to get second. Because, you know, they're going to hope that like Tulsa, Oklahoma State's like, all right, we'll do you solid. We can get in on points. Let's get third and then you can come. I don't think that's how it works, though. You don't think they'll do them solid? They're hanging out at the 5K mark and figuring out. No, they're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. Dave Smith will be there. <laughs> Tulsa coaching staff, Iowa State coaching staff will all be there. They'll have a big committee. Mm -hmm. The order, boneless or bone-in wings? Me? No. What do they order at this meeting? To Oh, bone-in. Bone-in. Yeah, yeah. Flavor? Lemon pepper. Lemon pepper. So you got lemon pepper for the table. Thank you, Colt. Uh, it's the first time Colt's ever been proud of me. <laughs> and then Iowa State's going to have to go to Dave and be like, Dave, you're hosting nationals. Yeah. Let's just – Let's, let's we, get another Midwest team. Let's get another Midwest team. We need representation, right? <laughs> So just like take it easy. Tell Alex Mayer to just like chill. To only be one Alex. Tell Isai Rodriguez to just be like, "What up?" I'm like, you guys want you guys are trying to win a national title. So let's you guys need to jog regionals. They We're not trying to win a national title. We're just trying to make it. Let us have our moment, and then you can jog for your eventual moment at winning a title. I Man, I don't think they're actually going to plan it like this, but that might actually be the result because that is true. They are going to take it easy. That and is true. When you start taking it easy. And another team is not taking it easy. Yeah. A, a lot can a lot can change. So that is Iowa State's uh, <laughs> chance to get in. Is that Oklahoma State or Tulsa take it easy because they know they can get in no matter what. Last team in is Georgetown and Michigan. Mm. Tied. They're the last teams on the bubble. So Georgetown, and Michigan. You're currently my tied for thirty-two. You mean first teams out? First teams out. Yeah, oh, last team. Yeah, sorry. First, first team out. Georgetown, okay. Michigan. Georgetown, and Michigan. All right. All right. Well, what do you take away from this, Kevin? Were you listening to anything I was saying this yeah, entire time? Yeah, I listen to all of it. I have a question that's not really related to this, but it's related. To, it's related to collegiate cross country. Okay. Because you're talking all about Charlotte you know, these potential Cinderella type teams. Yeah. What is what do we define as Cinderella in the context of collegiate cross country, and what is the ceiling for a Cinderella type team? Not just this year, but in any year. Like, how far could they go? Okay, so. There's the Cinderella of making 
the meet that we didn't expect you, right? You're not ranked. You find a way to get second in your region yeah. and you're in, or you find a way to happen to be in a region where a really good team decides to get fourth instead of top three, right? Because then you get pushed in by like, yeah, you know, like I remember well, there was one, like, what was it? Oh, it was in the Northeast. There was like a Cinderella. I can't remember. Brad, no, Bradley made it one Bradley, year. Bradley, a couple, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I was like, whoa, who's, yeah. who saw that? So so there's a Cinderella aspect of actually making the meet, but most of those teams, they're going to finish 28th to 31st at Nationals, right? I think a real Cinderella moment is where a team just finds a way to like – I think Cinderella at the National level would be finishing – Top seven. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that hard to finish tenth. Yeah, I think it's hard to finish in the top seven. I'm just thinking, what's the equivalent to you know Butler basketball had a couple of years there? Yeah, where they, we made a run. They made it all the way. Making a run is finishing. Seventh. Made all the way to the title game. It just seems very difficult to do that in cross country because there's less chance involved yeah. in it. But you could take a step back and say, wait a minute. We have a non-Power 5 team in NAU. Yeah. It's just been wrecking BYU, shop. yeah. But then, okay. Those don't count. But why do they don't count? They why, The reason they don't count is because they have the tradition now and they get really good big name high school athletes to yeah. go there, right? And then in addition to you know all the stuff that they're doing well, with their coaching staff. Gonzaga and, basketball is not Cinderella. They're not anymore. You're yeah. right. You're right. And that's a good equivalent. Or maybe even Boise State. Football, well, maybe their windows pass for Boise State football, but yeah. there was a time there where you you expected Boise State to be able to yeah. play with Power Five does not apply to distance running, right? Power Five applies to sprinting, right? Because it's how you allocate your your yeah. scholarships, and and there's just there's teams that aren't in the Power Five that are still going to get top level guys. So I'm just wondering how far could you take it? How much luck and chance and peaking at the right time could could help your team. I, I don't, agree with you. It's just you I don't think we'll ever see a team be make a podium that we never saw coming. Yeah. It'd be one thing if the meet was a series of one-on-one matchups because yeah. maybe you could catch somebody on a bad yeah. day or bad weather or something, but you have to beat everybody all at the same time, which makes it close to impossible. So then you have to get really excited about the 6th or 7th place finish. Even though it's not the oh my gosh, like they they have a chance to pull yeah. off this historic upset. But I think, but we, at some point, right, we're gonna see it. Like not this year, next year, but like in history, one of these times, someone's gonna go and, and get fourth. And, and I just feel like it has to happen at some point, where like all the top teams just all have like horrible days, so, like, and they just they DNF catch fire, and... or maybe they have an athlete too that like turns out to be a complete superstar, but we. Just, Completely off the radar. Yeah. Some combination of things. I'm trying to think if that, I mean, it kind of happens like in an individual race. Like you might see, you know, you, you, you see that like at the Olympic trials where, or a USA championship where like, yeah, like a Ford Palmer just like finds a way to like mm-hmm. finish top four or something like that. Or yeah. who's a Christian Smith dove across the line in 08. Yeah. Or no, one not, of the last guys in. Uh, even recently, like what's his name? Uh, in the in the fifteen hundred, he was oh. really charismatic. 
Oh, they're talking about John Davis. No, no. <laughs> Ran for New Jersey, New York track club, or formerly known as New Jersey, New York oh, track club. Uh, Eric Holt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eric Holt. Cinderella story. Yeah, that's yeah. a Cinderella story. Yeah. yeah. But I'm talking about team, like the, the team element of it. Makes yeah. it harder because fewer things. Yeah. Uh, everything needs to go your way at that point. I mean, it would be wild if like a team that is not good, who has like a bunch of 14 flat 5K guys with their best guy being like a 1355 guy. Yeah. And they finish fourth. Yeah. Because like the weather was crazy, the hill, and like just, whoa. But like it's just so hard to get for – for 20 teams that are clearly better than you, for them to all have yeah. bad days. Yeah. Or, you know, 17 of them to have bad days. I think that is part of the reason why it's so unlikely, combined with the factor of you would have already been discovered. It's not like you would have shown up on Saturday morning and ran out of your mind without us already knowing for yeah. a season or maybe two seasons, oh, this is brewing. Okay, look out for this team, and then you, we immediately move them out of the Cinderella category into a, yeah, they're in a smaller conference, but they can beat all the good teams. You know, They're like an NAU, they're like a BYU, they're a Tulsa, they're a Portland. If it happen. would ever happen, though, it would have to happen in the South Central region, I think. I think it would have to be in a region where you don't need to be good to qualify because you can. there's an opening to get the auto. Because yeah. you have to be somewhat good to qualify at large because you have to like at least done something yeah, it's not decent like at Nutticomb or at a conference championship. Right, right, right. So if you're like in a year where it's a really weak region, maybe <laughs> even a mid-Atlantic where or South Central with only two go or South, only two go, and you got second because there was you didn't have to beat anyone good. Yeah. And then everyone shit the bed at nationals and you were just like still standing like, oh, crap, we're still here. Yeah. That could be the moment. Yeah. The odds. I, I just wonder about it. I just, you I'm want curious. it to happen. I just think it would be cool. It would be cool. But Let's pick my Cinderella now. Because you, you mentioned all these teams. So my Cinderella would probably be I mean, you have Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte's my Cinderella. That's a good story. They got a good – I mean, they got a great one stick who can finish top 10. Yeah. Nicholas Scudder. So it could happen. That's the regional preview. Cal Baptist podiuming would be a Cinderella. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, but again, it's like you we've seen it coming for a while now. Yeah, but still, if Cal Baptist podium. Oh, podium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be freaking nuts. Yeah. All right, you ready for guess my PR? Yeah, I'm ready. This. Oh, is, wait. Yeah, can we look at the chat? Uh, Kurt Steege said, okay, Gordon, immersive track and field XC overall running <laughs> ride. Go. Now oh, that, for Disney? Because, you know, Imagineer, like, yeah, combine yeah. designing roller coaster, make a. Do you think there could ever be a track and field or cross running themed amusement park or ride? Oh yeah, or dark ride. Dark. What do you mean by dark ride? What is like that? a dark ride's like it's indoors. I don't and, know all like, the terms. Like dark you do, ride is I'm like you going Disney. in and there's like moving animatronics again? and stuff like that. Disney adult. What's he called? I'm not a Disney adult. I'm not a Disney adult. I'm a track and field. adult. I mean, you're using all the the nomenclature. Dark ride is not a nomenclature for Disney adult. Dark ride is the what you call a ride that is indoors. That's not. Hold a on, crazy Cole, Did you know that? Colt knew what a dark no. ride was. Of course, oh, I, didn't, I didn't either. I've been to, I've been to Disneyland like oh, you know know five ten times. We don't call them dark rides. What do you so. call them? I don't know. Are you gonna go on Space Mountain? Like that's you name the rides. Not like man. What was your favorite dark ride today? Let's do a power ranking. Or no a one ghost talks. Ghost like, train. It's also yeah, it's like a ghost, ghost like it's on a track. Anyway, no, we're talking about Gordon dark ride. knows all the terminology. I love it. Disney adult. Let's get him a shirt. God damn it. Okay, right. let's keep going. Uh, it's just a yearly Big Mac. That's not hard at all, says Nate. I agree. Uh, 
Cameron says go to Disney once a month until it's done. So that I guess for the sub four <laughs> mile. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, until they get to 100 sub four miles. Okay, ready? Guess my PR. It's a new one. You know why? Why? You're gonna have to guess a pole vault PR. Ooh. See how good you feet are. Feet or me? I know meters better than feet. Uh, I'll this, tell you that right now. So well, you have to convert everything for me. This is from Gabrielle. She gives both. Okay. Don't give me feet. Just give me meters. Uh, she says, here's some stats for, I guess, my pole vault PR. These are all facts, but they're varying degrees of helpful and funny. All right. Okay. So she pole vaulted. See, I don't know if I want to give this away because it'll put you in range. I, okay. I'll just say one part of it. She pole vaulted for a D3 small liberal arts college. All right. Okay. I'm just, hold on, I'm just, hold Fellow on. Fellow D3 athlete. Respect. I'm just seeing who the top. D1 athlete was like what the Two. mark was. Okay. So I have an understanding. Of, like, At the start of the indoor 2020, 2021 season in a team time trial, I ran a 30.16 second hand time 200 on an unbanked D3. Obviously she says indoor track, no comment on that mark. Got it. Unbanked. You had a bank. That's at least a second. Yeah. So respect sub 30, 200, some speed three. How long is a pole vault runway? like 60 meters less than 200 three at the peak of our lifting in the outdoor 21 2021 season my one rep max for a hand clean and jerk was 105 pounds and i could bench 80 pounds all right she's 5'4 108 pounds uh she pr she can bench hold on she can bench almost her weight well 80 and she weighs 108 what can you bench still working on that gordon what's your current bench 170 is my and how much do you weigh? Don't know. I, I'd let it, close to that probably. Okay. Probably close to my weight. I don't know if this means much to you, she says, but I PR'd on a 110-pound, 12-foot, 1-inch pole holding at 11 feet, 9 inches and running from 6 left steps. Also, <laughs> I majored in physics. All right. All right. Majored in physics. Here we go. What that is it? That means she knows the angles. She knows like how to like – Take 108 pounds and move it in the right direction and momentum yeah, yeah. to get over the bar. Yeah. Okay, D3. Yeah, what do you think? Her name, what's her name? Uh, Gabrielle. Former D3. There is there was Current a, D1 hobby jogger, she says. So there was a Gabrielle Leon from Louisville who was it's damn not, good. Okay, D3. I know. So there's something about people with the name Gabrielle who are pretty good at pole, pole vault. vault. Okay. There's What's your that, guess? There's that pole vault in there. In there. You know, they got that dog in them. They got that pole, <laughs> pole vault, vault in, in them. them. Okay. All right. So D3. I'm going to go 399 meters. Somewhat close. She over four? 3.43. Oh, I'm way off. 11 feet, three inches. I'm way off. Half a meter? That's That's a lot. That's okay. a lot in pole vault, man. It started. You started with this right number, though. Yeah. Three. Okay. There's a big difference between three meters and three point nine. Here's what I would have said. Mondo's at six. That's like this much, man. That's yeah. a lot. All right. Hey, it was your first pole vault. When one. they I'm... PR, they normally PR by this much. I'm trying to give you credit, and you're not taking any credit. Three forty three. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Is she retired? Well, she says she's now a D1 hobby jogger. She was a D3 pole vaulter. What did do? You... Do, uh, she went. She graduated in 2022. Do field event athletes have a mechanism for them to like embrace their inner athlete by like continuing their sport? Like, thing about distance runners, they all just start doing local 5Ks, keep running a marathoner. Yeah. yeah. 
How do you do your local pole vault? You just sign up for your turkey pole vault. The turkey pole vault? And just do it. <laughs> just get after it. All right. We need to – there needs to be – there's there's got to be like a an opportunity to find a way to capture that group of people because they've, they've really captured the runners. Well, pole vaulters especially – Pole vaulters have a fan base. You ever go to like a big-ish track meet? I remember going to Texas Relays the year Mondo was here. Yeah. They all lined up. They yeah. all packed that area of the bleachers yeah. and were living and dying on every single attempt. Now, granted, it was Mondo, but at that point, Mondo wasn't Mondo. Mondo was in high school, so I'm sure he was big in the pole vaulting community, yeah. but they were all about it. Like I'm sure a lot of those folks know each other, are familiar with it, like follow their progress online and stuff. So, yeah. I think, but yeah, it's tough probably to be a forty-year-old pole vaulter. Probably start running five Ks. To be yeah. honest, that's where it all that's where it all goes. Tempe, go ask about the sub pod. How about uh, Friday after the show? Cole, can you Friday after the show sub pod? Uh, yeah, I think so. Boom. Yeah, locked in. How about that, Tempe Eagle? And then you we'll post it. And then we'll post it Saturday. You can't see it right now, but Cole is literally putting it on his Google Calendar. And then we'll post it Saturday as we speak. Yeah, when would you like to post it, Gordon? It's supposed to Saturday. Are you going to post it to everybody like you did that one time? That was good. <laughs> it was one time, man. What, what's the agenda? What uh, we're talking about on the pod? Well, people can suggest topics. Yeah. I got an idea. You already have one? Well, we're definitely going to do an update on Gordon's shirt situation. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I got an idea. But if people have ideas, throw them in the chat now or on, uh, on Friday. I show. mean, we could do an update on this. On what? Interesting. We're not going to update on that. So, um, well, what are we talking about on Friday? Friday's regionals. Regionals, man. It's cross country. It's the biggest show of the year. It's the biggest show of the cross country season. You do understand Friday's the biggest show of the year. It's the second biggest show of the cross country season. It's a bigger show. Nationals. Yeah, but we're going to have the national show. It's like it's already happened. Like this is real time making people's dreams come true. We're telling them they're going to nationals. Okay, are you going to be accurate on this? Yes. Okay. okay. I am accurate most of the time. <laughs> I've gotten a couple ones wrong here and there, upset a few coaches here and there, but it's all in good faith. I'm trying my best. Yeah, you're doing a good I'm trying. No, Love it. It's a Colas calculator Friday. We need to hype this up. You're okay. not excited. I'm exci- I just I remember the old days where we'd be on all day. Yeah. We're not we wore doing suits that. too. We did. Do worse. Do you wear suits? Yeah, we wear you suits. wouldn't talk to anybody the whole day. Yeah, you'd I was, sit right I was there stressed. On your computer, we're changing the vibe up, and then it would it's more casual. You'd find out that you got one team wrong an hour after, and then you continue to not talk to anybody. And I just Lincoln and I were like, "All right, cool." I was a different person there. I I I I let you it get it to me. I let it get to me when well, I got it wrong. We used to uh, we used to commentate the races right there too. Yeah, or. It was like one or two year period. 2019. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where I did, I did a Great Lakes, Mountain, and I did West, and then I would come back and forth between those races and talk to you guys about who was good who was looking good. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll go live at 12:30. It's gonna be great. Uh, yeah. Break it all down, and uh, yeah, like and subscribe. Thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. We love you guys. Uh, it's gonna be a good next few weeks because we'll have Colas show. And then next week will be NCAA Cross Country Week. We're going to be going to Stillwater. Yep. We have yet to figure out our official podcast schedule. Live show probably. For uh, how we're going to do it. But we'll do big major preview stuff. We'll be on site. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. We're getting a theater. We'll do a live show. We'll do a live show. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Thanks, Colt.
Maybe one day. We'll talk to you guys soon. In Jamaica, we do it. Live show. Mm. That might be tough. <laughs>